Jake Rogers, welcome. Thank Walking you. with JK Boots podcast. Nice to have you finally. Yes. Yeah, thanks. Is is so uh have you released any episodes yet? No, actually, not yet. We're still just we're still gathering a good collection before we can release them because we want to go for a long time and nice be consistent about it and you know have a really good guest. But you are one of those guests that I was like, okay, we need to have oh, <laughs> Jacob thanks. Rogers come That's on Guilty Reason. Yeah. But anyways, um what we were just talking about. So yeah, I mean, you know, sappy supplies, tree work, all that stuff. What's like your what's the main focus right now? Are you doing a little bit of everything or is it tree work? Is it sappy supplies? What's where yeah, you Yeah, I'm kinda doing three things because I I mean my favorite is just cutting the, the trees themselves. Doing the doing tree the work. work. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, probably a, a rational person would you just start a normal tree service, you know, that mm-hmm. <laughs> those can be really lucrative. But I've kind of I started sappy supplies because I just noticed um, with it seems like everybody I know that runs a tree service they don't actually do any cutting that gets to a point where they have to start doing so much sales and yeah. managerial stuff that they they kind of you know they're they're not in the every one of them says the same thing like oh I'd like to be out in the field more but you know they're dealing with broke down chippers and people not showing up and stuff so but I I'm a contract climber so I'll just you know either do like no cleanup jobs for homeowners or contractors or all, you know, subcontract for a tree service when they need an yeah. extra hand. So I actually got a job today from, there's a tree service in Spokane. That they, called you out? Yeah. That's well, they funny. wanted me to do this tree. I mean, I wouldn't usually drive. It's like five hours from my yeah. house, but I was yeah. like, well, if I, if I do a podcast and that tree yeah. the same day, then it's, it's worth kind of it. worth yeah, it. Yeah. Good. <laughs> so good. Good. I, I like doing that. And then I, uh, you know, I just, I enjoy, filming the process as well it's kind of like you know may as well uh it's not really that much more work just to film what i'm doing yeah do you think if a if a guy like with no youtube no snap supplies if, if you're just doing tree work like can you do well with just doing tree work one guy alone you know on craigslist or something like you know i don't know like how do, is that is that yeah sustainable? yeah you can yeah you can make really good money doing tree work it's it's harder if you you know, it's just like with anything, it's harder if you are, you know, working for somebody, if you start your own gig, then, you know, it's a lot more lucrative, but then it's also, sometimes it kind of washes out though, because for instance, like if you're a contract climber, you know, you can charge more money than if you're a climber full-time at a company, but then you might go a week or two without any work, you know? If you're, if you're by yourself. yeah, Yeah. If you're by yourself, especially when the, you know, when the economy takes a hit, it's like, you know, people are looking for work that the demand drops, especially for something like uh, homeowners are not prioritizing. You know. Well, that too, but like tree services, you know, they've already got climbers and, you know, yeah. the, the contract climbers take the hit first, you know, yeah. obviously yeah. for the regular ones, but you, you, you can make good money doing tree work. Um, especially, you know, if you, if you build a, a good company, it's actually kind of amazing. You see some of these guys that start tree services and it, it seems to usually work out seems like from what i've seen more often than not somebody goes and starts their own tree service and they seem know, to always kind of make yeah, it yeah they seem yeah. to always make it if they you know some things set you back like if you don't know how to do the work yourself and you're relying a lot on you know hiring subcontractors and stuff that's a really that's a really tough thing for a lot of people there there are a lot of guys they'll uh i've seen it a few times where you know, people will have money and they hear that you can make good money doing tree work. So they buy a chip truck and chipper 
and they kind of get into it that way as an investment, but they don't know how to climb or cut or any of that stuff. And they really struggle, um, you know, finding climbers. I think that the hardest thing about owning a tree service probably is probably the, the climbers, honestly, because it's kind of a, a niche you know, vocation and someone who can actually climb and is good at it and knows how to do it and like all that. Yeah. Someone who, who can do that, who doesn't, you know, who like has a driver's license and <laughs> can, uh, you know, talk to the customers and stuff. I mean, there are a lot of guys that can, they're really good climbers, but they're uh, kind of rough around the edges. You That's might funny. not want them running the crew, you know, wow. <laughs> or wow. they'll be really good at removals, but they're not that good at, um, you know, they're not that good at pruning. Gotta have a driver's a, license. That's Yeah. A, yeah. That's driver's a, license. That's <laughs> a big part of it. It's really hard to find tree guys. It's the same thing for, you know, if you want to hire ground guys too, it's just hard to find people who want to do that kind of work, you know, um, cause it's hard. It's just hard and it's physical, but, and you know, you're working outside, so it's nice, you know, in the spring and the fall, but in the summer and winter, it can be pretty rough. So, um, just constantly, I just hear and see it's, it's, it's hard. It's just hard to build. And then, you know, you, you might get a good crew. Uh, this is one of the things I noticed early on just running a crew as a foreman, you know, I'd get a good crew. I've got everybody trained. Everybody knows their, 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 uh, their roles yeah. or stuff. And then it's like, it's just a, matter of time before the crew falls apart somebody's got to go on another crew or somebody breaks their leg or you know it's like so it, it's frustrating it, it can be really frustrating you you know try to build a team and then or what happens really usually is a climber will get really good you know and then they go start their own company so i think it's a constant struggle trying to keep uh, employees happy. Interesting. For tree yeah. service. Yeah. Cause it is a niche. There's not a lot of them. And it's like, if you can do it, you might as well just go do it for yourself almost. But see, not, not yeah. everybody's interested in having a business. That's. Yeah. That yeah. I've and I, I don't, and I don't necessarily think that everybody should have a business. I don't think so either. Yeah. 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 That's for sure. Cause there's, it's hard. There's a lot of risk, you know, and some people just don't want that risk and they just want to be consistent and kind of have a good thing going and yeah, absolutely. Just do what they want to do. Do, do the work because they actually enjoy the work. Yeah. And then you don't have to, you know, then you know what you're, you know, what kind of money to expect and yeah. you know, you know what the job is. And it's, you know, it's a lot of people, they thrive on that, on that uh, routine. You know, it's a lot harder to have a routine working for yourself. It is a lot harder to have a routine. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So but, is there anyone you know that's like been, you know, tree climbing for a company for like 10 or 15 years or 20 years or something? Do those guys exist? Yeah. Yeah. Those guys exist. Um, a lot of guys like that and they, they make a good living those yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you stick with a, a company for a while, um, this company I work for out East, I've worked with them a couple of times, Shriner tree care in Pennsylvania. They've got guys that have been there for like 20 years. That's awesome. A bunch of them. They yeah. probably take really good care of yeah, them. Yeah. And that's what they all say. They say they, they take really good care of them, you know? Um, East coast, West coast, same thing, different, more or less easier, harder, I, yeah, that, that's one of the interesting things that I've, I noticed when I started, uh, you know, posting on Instagram and stuff. I saw that all the West Coast guys are really critical of the East Coast guys and vice versa. Everybody thinks that <laughs> everybody thinks they're the best, you know, what's uh, the like, what's the beef? What is the criticism over? You know, it's funny. It's, it's basically over nothing. It's really stupid. You know, the, the guys in the East Coast, they'll cut their their notches, their face cuts, you know, at an upward angle, they called mm -hmm. it a conventional and on the West coast. A lot of guys will do a, a humble, you know, it's like, it's, it's stupid stuff. They, you know, they, they get worked up about Just really drama. silly things. Just yeah. Drama. 
Yeah, just drama. And it's the loggers are the exact same way. They just, you know, fight right, over you stupid log too. stuff. Well, I'm trying to get my foot in the door. Or you're a follower. The, you're, you're a follower more. Is that what it, the term well, is? Well, I, I wouldn't say that, but I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely an, an arborist, you know, by trade. That's what I specialize in, you know, mainly climbing, things like that. But I've done, I've gone timber falling a few times with some different guys that How's do that? that. And it's really fun. It's really enjoyable. I, I'd like to do it some more. I'm still trying to kind of get my foot in the logging world. It's pretty, it's pretty segregated from the, you know, the tree service world versus logging world. Just like. And your boots for both industries must just be awesome. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. That's good. Those, those corks are actually really comfortable. Good, I was just I was wearing those the other day. And those and are JK boots corks. Yeah. Just clarifying. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they're yes. the bison. The bison leather. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They're really soft. I noticed yep. that when I put yep. my foot in it, they're just, they're yep. really soft, yep. you know? Were, were the corks 16 inch ones too? No, those are. Are those 10s? I think so. Or tens 12s. or twelves. They're I don't a little know. taller than ten. Yeah, and then but your climbers you. were the sixteen-inch ones. The tall yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. And right now I'm wearing the OTs yep. that you gave me. Yeah, those, those are they're great. I actually wear them on the. Do you climb in them? Yeah, I do sometimes. Like uh, the other day, I climbed all day in them just because I had already put my spurs on, and That's I was crazy. like, "Yeah, I'll just wear these." They're, awesome. they're actually really comfortable. That's no, they're awesome. good. They're good for That's it. So awesome. But I find that I wear the OTs mostly just going like you know just i wear them day. to church yep. and i wear yep. them to you know just go to the store yeah and that's what i, I found them. myself doing too like yesterday so i was at church yesterday and i literally wore the same boots i'm wearing right now just because same. i just it's, didn't want to put on anything else i don't know i just threw them on because they're they are that comfortable like this church. The same for me yeah. i went to church yesterday wearing yeah. the ones i'm wearing right now <laughs> i'm wearing funny. the OTs. yeah that's funny yeah it's like i have my climbers in the truck and i've got that tree to do after this job but i'll probably you know just if, I, if i'm in the tree for a few hours then i, like I think to be you in should. those ones you should because climbers ultimately the ot's are not technically intended for climbing because they don't have that extra shank in there and everything right. but i think you can get away with it you know for a little bit here yeah up, that's what i do if, I, stuff, if yeah. i'm gonna be climbing for like an hour or something yeah. i'll just leave them on but if i'm gonna be spending a lot of time on my like spurs then the I put, yeah, yeah then i put the, the well those are better too because they're i like how the leather is tall yeah uh, because then it's just more padding yeah you know? you know what i've been hearing um so like light I don't know if it's specifically linemen, but like, let's just say, so like some linemen or arborists or whatever, they'll call in and like order, they'll order online and they, they actually won't order a climber set. And when I ask them why they'll say, Oh, well, because honestly, 80% of the time I'm in the bucket. Right. You know? And so I, is that, is that new? Is that, are people just using? No, there's a lot more? of truth to that. And, uh, so, uh, I had another pair of uh similar you know lineman style boots from um another custom boot company sure, and sure. uh they, they they actually they do it seemed like they wore out really fast they were also really tall and yeah. you know it, it's true most of the time as climbers we're not actually climbing the tree we're in the bucket or we're on the ground or on we're the driving ground to the job site yeah so most of the time is not actually spent on the spurs uh, but if you can afford it, I think the best is if you have a pair of nice, um, you know, lineman or climber boots and just wear them when you're climbing, then they'll last for a really long time. Yep. So know? the, the, the two pair, um, method, you know, is something right. I've been trying to explain to people for a long time, not just because it's more boots. That's not why that's a reason, you know, sure. But it's more about you want one pair for one thing. 
and another pair for another thing. And actually, I do believe that it's more comfortable for, for the wearer. And I do believe that your boots last longer that way. Like this example just now. Um, you know, you can have a climber set specifically dedicated for climbing. You're going to have those for, I'm talking a decade probably, if you just climb in them, you know. And that's wise. I think that's smart. And then keeping another pair for everything that's like on the ground. And obviously, you know, you flip-flop because some days... I don't know, you're just busy, you don't want to unlace or whatever, you know, but I do think that's why it's like, I remember sometimes guys would come in and they're like, one day they're like a farmer, for example, they're in the mud one day, then the next day they're in the shop, then the day after that they're like welding something, then the day after that they're back to in the nasty mud, and the point of the boots is that they can do all kinds of different things, but I've seen when a guy has like two pairs and he'll rotate, or like a summer pair and a winter pair, it just seems like they get more life out of them. Well, you're utilizing your boots in the most, you know, optimal conditions. Right. So they're going to they're gonna be more durable, you know. Right. So the, right. the climbers are meant to be climbed in. So exactly. if you're only climbing in them, they will last longer. And it's only more boots, you know, it, it's only technically more boots if you think about the, the time scale being short. You know, inevitably you're going to buy two pairs of boots eventually. So mm-hmm. if you buy them at the same time, it's really not more boots. It's just more money to put up. At that moment, yeah, yeah. at that moment. But I do think it's it's worth it in the long run. I've been telling people that for yeah, a while. Yeah, I, I do too. I absolutely do because you're gonna your boots are gonna last longer, and you're going to have a more specialized boot for what you're doing, so you're gonna be more comfortable. Yeah, you know. So. How many years have you been doing tree work? Thirteen. Thirteen years. Yeah. So I started when I was eighteen. I'm thirty one this month. That's awesome. So. Happy birthday. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Is there like a mentor teacher that you had or was it kind of self-taught youtube i've heard some guys learn on youtube well you know it's been it's been a lot of mentors over the years that's really cool you know a lot of guys that's really really cool picked things up from that's awesome yeah and uh a lot of that comes from you know i've found great utility in just being you know, rather than being judgmental, being curious, when I see somebody doing something the way that I don't do it, I try to ask, you know, why do you do it that way? Try to learn. Yeah, because a lot of times they have reasons, you know. It's easy to think that, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all just, you know, like chopping a tree down, you know. But there are these niche things like I was explaining about the the different face cuts and stuff. And if you just take a minute, rather than just being like, that's dumb, why don't you do it this way? If you take a minute to just ask them, hey, how come you did it that way? You can learn a lot like and um like my friend jed he you know i can't remember how long ago i started working with him maybe five years ago or something so i'd already been doing tree work like six or seven years and uh he came uh to work with me at east side and i learned a ton from him just you know because he just knew a bunch of stuff that i didn't know he'd been doing it longer and and now i travel around and i sort of you know make youtube videos documenting tree work uh all over the place and everywhere i go i learned something that's yeah. really awesome. Yeah, it's a really nice holistic view of the industry, being able to travel and see how other people do things. Is there like a, um, I don't know, like a like great, great guy that is, seems to, everybody seems to say is like, you know, one of the best or like the OGs or, or it doesn't really work that way. Is it kind of more everyone's doing their own no, thing? No, there are a few guys like that. Like probably the biggest one that I know of is this guy called Jerry Baranek. You you might have seen some pictures of him. He's uh, he, he did... I think he, he's uh, he's retired now, but was he like one of the really really great ones who was really really good back in the day? Maybe yeah, like he wrote this book called The Fundamentals of General Tree Work, and it was wow. pretty revolutionary. It came out I think in the early nineties. That's and, super uh, cool. Yeah, there are some pretty crazy pictures of him. You'd probably recognize, you know, like these pictures of him topping this huge seven foot redwood, 
you know, 150 feet up in the air. What? And, uh, yeah, he did all kinds of Northern California. So lots of big trees, but he wrote this whole book. You know, he, he worked with a lot of different guys doing logging and residential tree work. And he wrote this book about it. He um, really did a great job utilizing you know, the industry's changed a lot over the years. People have utilized a lot more rigging and rope work and things like that to make the environment more controlled. And he, you know, made huge strides um, in, wow. in the industry. Yeah, that is really really cool. Yeah, I hope to. I is hope he to alive still? He is. Yeah, he's down there in uh, Fort Bragg. But so, he doesn't work or do anything like that anymore. I think he does uh, like photography or something now. He's. He, I don't know how old he is. He's probably like. I don't know, 80 Jerry, years old what, or something. Jer- Jerry Baranek. Jerry Baranek. Yeah, I've tried cool to get, to get him on the show. It would, yeah, yeah. He'd be a great one to get on. I've tried getting a hold of him. I, I haven't been able to. So uh, Maybe we'll but, try to do that. That is like really <laughs> Yeah, awesome. you should try to have him on. Yeah. He, he'd be the, he's he's like the sort of the, um, like the, 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 the patriarch yeah, of, yeah, the, yeah. of the industry. Like all the younger guys. Look up to him. Up to, well, you know, all the, all the younger guys, I should say, who are kind of on the, scene yeah. like online and yeah. you know um stuff like that, that is really 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 cool yeah that's really really awesome. really cool another yeah. big one is august hanicky you know i've heard of that name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 he'd be a great guy to talk to is he well. like your age approximately no he's uh in his 50s oh wow okay. yeah. yeah but he he started doing <clears throat> youtube videos he he's kind of uh, i look up to him because he was kind of the first guy to start really uh doing the youtube videos that's cool you know? that's super uh, cool yeah so he but he, he's an arborist you know same thing that's that super i cool. do it's almost like this kind of interesting, like niche, kind of like you, you know, know each other, and yeah, it's, it's a not community. that big, you know. No, uh, it's not. Maybe there's a lot. Is there a lot of guys that you know aren't on so probably obviously yes. right aren't yeah. on social media, aren't on YouTube that you just know, you know, and stuff like that, and you meet probably working together with and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there. I mean, there there are a lot of arborists there, especially when you think about um, you know the line clearance side of things. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of guys out there keeping the power lines going, keeping mm-hmm. them clear. I mean, mm-hmm. every town's got people who are cutting trees in it, so it's, it's actually a really large number of people. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of an overlooked industry. Like people probably. don't think about it. Probably, you know? yeah, you don't think about it at all, like ever. Um, so a good example of that is like wildland firefighting. Like I never, before boots, like when I was like, you know, I don't know, 13, 14, 15, before I started working, I don't think anybody thought about wildland firefighting. When you thought of a firefighter, you thought of a, you know, slide down the the pole, you know, get in the, get in the big red truck and like, you know, that that's what you thought of. Um, and so learning just about like wildland firefighting was like, whoa, like this is an entire world and they're actually very important people because the forests would all burn down and people would be dying if it wasn't for them, you know? And so it's like super dangerous. I think it's probably the same thing. Everyone uses, not uses, but everyone's affected by, I think tree work probably and climbers and arborists, obviously, but nobody like even like thinks about it or even, you know, just, just no one pays attention to it. Yeah. There are a lot of industries like that. These, you know, these heroes that just get overlooked, like the wildland firefighters, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, people don't think about those or, you know, I often think of linemen, you know, I mean, the, I mean, not just that, and also the arborists that do line clearance, you know, but also, you know, when the power goes out, those guys that go out there and, you know, they're out there in the rain, getting the power back on. I mean, that's, you know, you know, fundamental to our civilization, what they're doing out there. And, you know, it's just something, yeah, you don't think about it. You're you just don't. like, oh, you know, you're annoyed because you got to wait, <laughs> you know, or you hear the you're trying to drive, you know, you're trying yeah. to drive and you yeah. got to wait a few minutes for them to fix something. So you're annoyed. But yeah, those guys, you know, they keep 
they keep this place running. You yeah, know? that's they true. Keep the lights on. That's true, hundred percent. So, what does what does the next like you know I don't know three to five years look like for Jacob Rogers and Guilty of Treason and what yeah. do you think you're going to be doing? It's hard to say because five years ago, I certainly wouldn't have thought that I was doing a podcast at a boot manufacturer's <laughs> building in Spokane. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, because uh, I started doing, I started, uh, you know, doing social media stuff probably about four years ago. So things can change pretty rapidly. It's it's hard to predict, but you know, hopefully in five years, I'd really like to be, um, you know, hopefully sappy supplies, you know. Basically, I'm, I'm hoping in five years that Sappy Supplies is lucrative enough that I can, because I love uh, traveling, you know, and making tree videos like we've been talking about, and I'd like to continue to do that, but it's, it's very expensive. Um, I'm hoping by five years from now, I can really be kind of traveling all over the place, you know, and, and filming. Things. I really do enjoy just, uh, you know, filming and documenting the the tree industry you know there's many places i'd like to go you know in europe and australia new zealand you know just all over the place so i'm hoping that i can do a lot more uh, traveling documenting um, filming, documenting yeah, filming. yeah but it's a tricky balance because you know i've got a wife and three kids now just had another daughter congratulations <laughs> thanks yeah uh, a month ago so the, the traveling like I'll, I'll travel without them here and there but not too much yeah. you know what i mean i don't yeah. want to be one of those dads that wasn't around so i try to take them with me as much as possible but that obviously makes it much more complicated yeah you know? yeah trying to i think you have a really cool thing going like i've told you like a bunch of times i mean i think that this is this youtube channel you have is very unique very good i think you're good at it you know and people like to watch it and it's it's cool it's a niche you know and um i don't think youtube was as big and popular and fancy as it was you know like four years ago, you know, I just, it was popular obviously, but it seems like people are just so much more into YouTube now. And so I think you've got a really, really good thing going and just keep going, you know, yeah, it's going to keep getting better and keep growing. Well, I think a lot of people are t tuning out of t television, you know, it's I think just, a lot of people are tuning just, out of television. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not as magical as it yeah, was when yeah. we were kids. Now yeah. it's crazy. If I, if I actually, you know, um, sit and watch tv i'm just shocked at the ads and just mm -hmm. you know yeah. it's all scripted and stuff youtube you can find anything that you want on and you there. can skip it's ads crazy. on youtube too. Yeah, yeah yeah and if you yeah. do premium you don't even have to watch right. ads right exactly exactly yeah but yeah. don't do that because then we don't get paid right no 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 uh, but no that that's funny um i think that i think that's true i am i don't know what's going to happen with you know tv going forward but that's why that's why we're on YouTube, you know, and that's why we're going to keep hammering as hard as we can on YouTube and all the platforms just because I think that's the direction that it's going, um, you know, streaming services, all of this stuff like public television and just like cable, I think is on its way out. Um, I don't know, though. Who knows? It, it could change in, in a, you know, as quickly as it changed the other oh, way, totally. it can change the other way back. You know, I don't know. But uh, but for you specifically, I think that you have a really good thing. going. I think people really like watching you and. I think it's I think it's very special. So just just keep keep doing what you're doing. I think it's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Um, appreciate that. Um, but yeah, five years from now, hopefully I'll have somebody. You know, I'd like to have somebody with me. You know, full time. You know, helping me manage my social media and yeah. film, filming me, yeah. something like that. That would yeah. be really helpful. You need that. I'd yeah. really like to do more. You know, I really want to do more um, how to videos, helpful yeah. videos, tutorials because yeah. those are the ones that I. 
uh, you know, people, they will tell me, you know, this really helped me, you know, and that's, that's really cool. Maybe you're going to write a book someday, Jake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be cool. I don't know about that. Yeah. That'd be cool. That'd yeah. Be cool. I'll say for us, I think one of the things people really like watching with our stuff, it's when I'll do a video about informational, like instructional or just like educational talking about, you know, okay, like how to oil, um, why you should do this, why should that, what kind of boots are for you, you know, different kinds of models, talking about different types of leathers, breaking down, you know, model versus model. We did a couple cut and have videos, you know, people, people really, really liked those. Um, that was fun. Um, and then, so I did a cut and have video on our, um, super duty model. No, I did one. Yeah. On the super duty model, which you, you don't have that, that model, but um, that was awesome. And I remember people were like emailing us questions and like commenting on this stuff because they got to see the inside of it and like talk all about it. Um, I did a how to oil video and it was like 15 minutes long and we broke down like all of these parts on how to oil this, how to oil that, how to do that. And I like literally, we, we referenced that video in our emails like almost every day because people will email ask questions about this, about this. And so I'll literally like just copy links into that video. Like it's very... It's very, very nice. So even for like your true rig, but also probably like, even for sappy supplies. I mean, if you did breakdown videos of how to use this the correctly, how to use this correctly, like people really, they, it's education, it's informational. They love to learn. It's like you just keep gobbling up content and it seems like it's never enough. Like people always want to learn more, always want to understand more, always want to see more, which is good. And then the awareness just grows and the reach just grows. Like that's what I saw with our YouTube and like the the build videos, like how it's made, people love that. Like that's awesome stuff because it is a fascinating, cool process. So I think that's what you have kind of going for you too right now. It's like people love actually watching you do the work. And it builds trust, you know, the yeah. fact that you show every step in the boot. So like I made that video here when you built those climbers for me. Yeah, and that was awesome. People, A lot of people have watched that video. They yeah. really like it. And, it, you know, it builds trust because it's like, look, this is every step. Look how long this took. Look yeah. how much look much glue and nails and layers and everything go into this, you know? Yeah. And it really puts it into perspective. You know, somebody is like, all oh, these boots are so expensive. And then you see somebody build one and it takes that long. Yeah. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Now do you it all think starts customers, you get customers through your YouTube channel? Oh, I know I do. Yeah. Really? I just did, I did two jobs last week for people from uh, my YouTube channel. Yeah. Wow. Uh, like I, should, I should market myself better. I should say in my YouTube videos, if you, if you want me to cut your trees, let just me call know. Just call us or something, right? Yeah. I always forget to, you know, mention that. It's like but people yeah, people, they, they call out, they'll, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll reach out to me and, you know, it's usually like, you know, they've got a tractor or something. They can handle the cleanup. They just want a guy to, you know, get the trees on the ground and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go out. Those are my favorite jobs to do. What is just to go chop it down? Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. chop it down, leave it. I don't do a lot of cleanup jobs, you know, because that's the part that I mean, Sucks. nobody, nobody likes doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it adds a, a a lot of complexity to the business once you get a chip truck and chipper and you start, you know, hauling away mm-hmm. the wood and the debris. It becomes it takes up a lot more of your of your life, you know, trying to figure out where do you put the chips, where do you put the wood, you know, so it gets really complicated. I like to just get it on the ground and just leave. And just, and just, just cut the tree down and get out of there. Yeah. Do you have a abundance of, of demand or a lack of demand or in the middle? In regards to to tree jobs, jobs, I would say in the middle, it's pretty easy for me to, you know, You'd even just like put a post like a sometimes I'll put a story up you know on Instagram be like I'm available for tree work and then usually I'll get you know a job or two from that so I'm in a fortunate position where 
because I've built a large social media platform, it's, you know, it's easy for me to get work, you know, that's really cool. So, and then if the work is slow, you know, because I'm doing so much social media and now I'm working on sappy supplies. If, if work is slow for a couple of weeks, I'll just work on those other projects. I usually don't have to, you know, scramble to, to find work. Yeah. You know, so, you know, how, how dangerous can this be? I mean, has, has people, have people legitimately died on the job? Yeah. Uh, you know, one of my, one of my best friends died just uh, on the job. Yeah. On the job wow. this year. Wow. Yeah. That was my friend Jed. What, how, about. what happened? Well, I wasn't there. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's hard to say, but from what I hear, it, you know, there's a situation where there was a, you know, there was a storm, a bunch of wind knocked over a bunch of trees and there was a maple tree and two Douglas fir trees they failed and they fell into this maple. So it's kind of the maple's still standing, but there are two large fir trees in the canopy. And so it's just kind of a big tangled mess. And Jed went to just uh, to fall the maple, you know, thinking that all three trees would fall together, you know? Wow. Can you picture this kind of like two trees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can, and yeah. so um, when he started cutting the tree, I guess he did his face cut and he started on the back cut and nobody really knows why, but there was a, there was a broken piece of maple in the canopy that the firs had broken, but you know, it didn't, anyways, the vibration from his chainsaw dislodged basically a, a large chunk of wood. And he, everybody heard a noise. They looked up, and this piece came down and right know, on him, right on him. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and he, uh, yeah, he died instantly. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Wow! And the whole crew saw it, you know, but nobody, nobody saw the hanger up there. So, just like a freak accident. What you know? could have? What what should have been done, or well, could that, have done that's, differently? That, that's the really um, unfortunate part. You know, you hear of a, a tragedy happening, and you go, "They should have done it this way or that way," but it's like. Doesn't work. Who, that way. who knows? You know, yeah. usually things are preventable, um, but you know, I actually feel I feel really bad for the um, everybody involved, in, including the company too, because you know you can have all the you can have all the safety meetings in the world and safety protocols and all the right PPE, you know, all this stuff, and then crazy. you just have a hangar dislodged. Yeah, it's like no yeah. amount of safety meetings could have prevented that. Wow. You know? The only thing that could have prevented it was what if, if Jed had been too frightened to do the tree and he would have said, no, it's too sketchy. I'm not going to do that. You know, that, I think that's, I, like I said, I wasn't there, but you know, I imagine that's the only thing that could have saved his life. You know, is it, is that not something that, you know, like you can like examine the tree and like look or like you just can't usually you yeah. can, you know, yeah. usually from the ground you can be like, oh, that thing is looks a little broken looks or it looks a sketchy. sketchy. Yeah. 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 But like I said, there were two trees. I mean, basically three trees all tangled up together, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to tell what you're looking at sometimes yeah. wow. from the ground. Especially our trees are really tall, too. You know? Yeah, yeah. So it's... Yikes. It's like, where, Jeez Louise. Get? Where was where did this happen? What part of the country? Uh, on my side, the, the mountains, yeah. The mountain so, side, wow. Yeah. That's insane. Very yeah. sad. That's terrible. Yeah, it's just pretty so wild. Like, but, you know... Um, you know, there, there, you know, it's, there are silver linings, though. You know, a lot of uh, the community really did come together. You know, they donated a lot of money to his GoFundMe. He had a wife and two daughters. And um, 
you know, people, a lot of people donated to the GoFundMe. It was actually really cool to see the community and the industry kind of come together because um, they knew who he was. For, uh, you know, most people knew who he was from my YouTube videos. That was he I had really made. good at his job? He's really good, really knowledgeable, really kind, really humble. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, it's actually funny. So, uh, so, um, it's funny. Like I was talking about Jerry Baranek. So, so Jed's the kind of guy that he, he would never brag. Like he, he'd be famous and you wouldn't even know it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I get a text message from August Hunnicky and he's like, Hey, I'm sorry to hear about Jed. And this is before I had made a video or anything. And I was like, how did you hear about Jed? And he's like, Oh, Reg Coates. Who's this other Harvest YouTuber told me. And I was like, I didn't even know you guys knew Jed. Wow. And wow. then, uh, but everybody knew him cause they were on this forum called the tree house. And wow. so Jed knew all these like kind of famous uh, tree guys, but he never even said that he knew him, you know? Yeah, and then yeah. I find out, uh, I had told that story to, uh, I was talking to Emma, Jed's daughter. And I, I can't remember. I said something about Jerry Brannick and she's like, Oh yeah, we went camping with Jerry Brannick. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm like, of course, of yeah. course Jed's out there so camping was, with Jerry Brannick. He Brannick was the best kept secret in the tree world. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. So wow. it's just a, just a, you know, one in a, one in a million guy. It's really, 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 that's amazing. really unique guy. Wow. Yeah. It's so. such a tragedy. That's terrible. Yeah, it, it was, it was really, it, yeah. Do you think really everyone now is kind of like, I don't know when these things happen, does everybody kind of like reevaluate? Oh, like absolutely. Protocol, safety, like, you know, you just reevaluate how to do their procedure. Oh yeah. I mean, it's really sobering, especially when it's a guy that's well-respected, you know, and um, really good at his job, really yeah. good at his job, really well-respected, you know, um, really good reputation. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it really, you know, it, uh, it, it takes you back. It kind of, you know, you kind of step back and you're like, wow, if that could happen to that guy, that could happen to any of us. There's this know? thing with, um, with pilots, with private pilots, where if you look at the statistics of like just people who get their pilot's license, um, if you look at this like recreational, you know, private pilots, if you look at this chart of, um, plane accidents and you look at the correlation between who is getting in an accident, like who's crashing their plane, who's like dying, and how long they've been a pilot. Interestingly enough, the it's more, not always, but it's more often that the pilots who are very experienced and have been doing it for a long time actually end up in getting in an accident because, and, and the younger pilots don't, because when you're a younger pilot, you're extremely like, you're all about your checklists, you're all about your you know, pre-check, pre-flight check, all these things, you're, you're very... Dot your, dot your I's, cross your T's, you know. And then when you get, sometimes when someone gets, you know, just older and more experienced, <clears throat> more comfortable, they actually kind of get like a little bit lackadaisical. And there was like that thing, you know, kind of like in, 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 in the pilot world, you know, just, I just, I know a little bit about that. And then I remember they did kind of a similar study kind of with like race car drivers and things like that. But I think that, you know, anytime an event like this happens, it's always like, and at least in like in the pilot community, it's always very like, like, whoa, like, and everyone's kind of like, oh my gosh, like if that could happen to someone as good and, and it's not always everybody's fault. A lot of times it's just freak accidents that you have no control over, but it's always very like, okay, like if this could happen to this guy who was like known as like amazing, super good, super experienced, really good pilot, then okay, everybody has to like go back and go back to your kind of roots get more serious, cross your eyes. I mean, cross, cross your T's, dot your eyes type thing. So I'm sure that, 
you know, anytime anybody, anything like this happens, it's always very like, oh my gosh, like, all right, are we doing the right things? Cause that's like, that's terrible. Like, you know, that's so crazy. Like it's like, out of nowhere, you know, he woke up one day and I don't think he was expecting to get hit by, you know, something as crazy as that. Like that's, that's pretty, that's pretty nuts. Yeah. It's really similar in the tree industry. You know, when you read that the, they have a uh, monthly accident briefs and the tree care industry magazine that you can read and it shows the you know a lot of the it shows the fatalities that get reported and uh so it's not even all the fatalities but you can see just quickly scanning through them you know it's very common that it's people who have been doing tree work for a long time a long time yeah and it's the same thing yeah they're complacent they're not scared you know and that's the thing with jed like jed you know like i said if he would have been frightened then that you could have saved his and life. And it sounds like in this know? instance, he didn't even really do anything wrong. It was just more like a freak accident, you know? Right, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, and it's good that, he, you know, you're not afraid and stuff. But, yeah, I think, yeah, it's hard. It's a fine line because, yeah. you know, the, the, it's the, the saying, you know, complacency kills. I mean, that that's true. So it's a it's a fine. But, you know, you, you, the, the, one of the scary things about climbing trees, too, though, is that you can actually – it's very easy to get hurt because you are scared and you make irrational decisions based on your fear. It's very easy, you know, for instance, you might be afraid of heights, you know, so you're afraid to go up and take a small top out of a tree. So you, you take a huge top because you don't want to climb higher, higher and yeah. you, you put yourself in a riskier position. Or the same thing if you're lowering a piece of tree with rigging, you know, you don't want to climb out to the end of the branch. So you're going to, you know, tie it on right here and cut it. And it's this big branch on a bad union. And so it's, it's very easy to, or you're, you're nervous and you're thinking about something else. So you cut yourself with the chainsaw because you're not thinking about the saw. I mean, crazy. It, so it, you can really put yourself in a dangerous situation if you, you know, let the fear kind of control you. Yeah. But, but at the same time, you don't want to just be fearless because then, you know, accidents can accidents happen. Accidents can happen. You mentioned earlier that the technology and like the roping and all that stuff has gotten better over the years. Is that true? And then like, has things gotten maybe like safer? You know, is there better equipment, better tools, better procedures now? You know, like has the, has the industry improved? I can't say, I don't know if it's gotten safer or not. Um, that's, yeah, I can't say if it's gotten safer or not. I just don't know if it has. I know that even since I've started, uh, you know, climbing trees has gotten, the, the gear has gotten much better. Uh, higher quality gear. Higher quality, but, you know, that, that's more geared towards, you know, uh, ease of, you know, practice, making the, the trees easier to, you know, making it easier to move on a rope, yeah. making it easier to, you know, so the the gear has gotten better, but I don't know if it's gotten safer. I would be curious to to know that as well. I, I think because, um, you know, there's a big, so there's a thing called SRT climbing. So it's a single rope technique, which okay. has gotten really popular. And I've heard since that has gotten more popular, uh, falls have increased the rate at which people fall from a tree. Really? Yeah. Uh, because for, a, you know, a few different reasons, but these are just things that I hear. I don't really know. You know, I don't have any data. I, I can't say if things have, if things are getting safer or if what is your technique? Dangerous. What do you, how do you, how do you climb usually? Uh, well, you know, SRT is single rope technique and then there's DRT, which is double rope technique. And it's just sort of situationally dependent on which one, I will use um, for the particular tree or instance for the yeah, particular yeah. tree. Yeah, exactly. 
And, um, you know, it's kind of a hard thing to, to talk about and explain without showing somebody like the ropes <laughs> and the gear and stuff. You just mentioned but, that earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tree work is hard to to talk about it's easier to show it's way easier to show yeah, yeah. i mean like no, you no, can't cool. you can't explain to no, no, somebody I, how yeah. to tie a knot you right, have to like right. show them with right, the rope right right you know? right right and back to the the you know the teaching stuff the scale like uh the reason i started a youtube channel originally was actually because i thought that it could scale better because i was in charge of uh you know training and instructing people and i found myself really annoyed because i i made like a list of knots <laughs> that i wanted all that I want everybody to to know. You have to know kind of a lot of knots, you know? And uh, I was just teaching people knots over and over and over again. And I thought, this is such a waste of time. I can, I'm just going to make a video, you and know? And tell people to go watch, the, watch video. the video. Yeah. And I explain it there. And so I just made a few uh, knot videos. And then, you know, oddly enough, people started watching. And then I made a few, like, videos about tree jobs and... Yeah, I, but I originally my idea was just to try to save myself some time, so I don't have to repeat myself. That's why I made a few uh, not videos. But it worked, and it turned into a big fancy yeah, YouTube channel. Yeah, it just channel. kind of it just kind of evolved. People wanted to see like a job, so then I'd film a job and be like, "Oh, show us some more jobs." So that's really you know, cool. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. So I didn't expect it that way, but it just goes to the you know that uh, it's so much easier to teach at scale. I think that, that like, there's probably a lot of people who have begun tree work because of you and like the other YouTubers too, you know, for sure. And that probably you don't even, or maybe you do know, I'm sure they maybe they reach out to you or not. I don't know, but like, that's really cool. That's, I think that's, you're impacting this industry probably in a bigger way than you maybe even know. And that's very like, that's awesome. That's very influential. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I do get that actually. I've gotten that a lot. People will, sometimes people will, you know, write me an email, just be like a, they I mean, they don't even want anything. It's just like a nice, you yeah, know, just, just want like to say thank you. thank you. That's yeah. really cool. Well, I get that a lot on Instagram too. People just want to say thank you. Yeah. And uh, I, I feel bad. Sometimes I don't reply um, just because I, I, you know, it's hard to know what to say. So messed up. Know? Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard to know what yeah. to say. You know, you yeah. reply. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, thumbs up emoji. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that's kind of, sounds rude. You know, what's something funny I've noticed is, so um, in... So like with, you know, making, making work boots, working men, different industries like, you know, construction, linemen, arborists, firefighters, plumbers, you know, oil rig drillers and stuff. It's like um, th there's, there's usually figures like yourself kind of in every industry who are kind of leaders, more, more, more known, um, experienced and like other ones will kind of like look up to. And it's funny that there's this kind of common thread, not always, but there's kind of this common thread where it's like, usually guys are like really good at their job, but they maybe don't, aren't really like charismatic particularly or like super social media savvy or something or like, you know, like email savvy or whatever. And so it's kind of funny to see that. Like this little example you just mentioned, like someone wrote you a thank you and like, you don't even really know what to say. Like if you were in person, you'd just shake the guy's hand and be like, oh, thanks right. man, you know. But it's, uh, that's funny and that's so true because I think there's like this interesting now mix or mingle between the social media YouTube world, which usually is people who are like, you know, very social media savvy and like charismatic and they right. talk and they can word stuff. And then you've got this side over here, which is like polar opposite. It's this just kind of blue collar, blue collar, let the yeah. work do the talking um, type thing. And like, no, those things, two things are mixing. And I think you get situations like what you just had, like, you know, it's like, I didn't really know what to say to you, you know, it's like, thank you. Like, that's yeah. really nice. You know, I just, that's funny. I just think that's funny. And it's good. I think that it's only going to like th these two worlds are only going to mix more over time 
And I think that's only a good thing. And I think it, people are going to learn about, there's more industries out there that no one really knows about. Like tree climbing is kind of an industry that maybe not a lot of people know about, but it affects them. So like, it's only going to do more good or like boots for us. Not a lot of people know that you can get a handmade pair of boots that you can be, you know, customized to your feet and custom boots and stuff. Like not a lot of people know that YouTube has done that for us. And the Instagram has done that for us. So like, it's only a good thing. And even, you know, I, 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 I want to put more effort into social media because it, it is so beneficial for reach and awareness. And it's just, it's like, it's only good in my opinion. Like there's negative things to it, obviously, but like, it's just funny to see that mingle and those two things happening, like the cross section. And I'm sure that like, if it wasn't for YouTube, you'd probably be doing a lot different things maybe or like you'd probably even be a little bit of a different climber maybe and maybe you wouldn't be as experienced you know so like there's a lot of good i think and and benefits that that come from this and it's just it's so funny to see the mingling of those worlds that normally would not ever like talk like you mentioned jed would never do like this probably you know yeah no he wouldn't do this no yeah yeah he's a good example of somebody that's not tech savvy you know so he he didn't really make content or anything but because I met him, you know, I was able to learn. To, I mean, there, there are so many guys like that. They're just a wealth of knowledge, but yeah. they're not, you know, they're not very tech savvy or they don't have interest in, you know, posting Doing anything on like this YouTube and, yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, there are tons of guys like that and they're out there. And it, so, it, but it's, it, it's a nice, it's a nice space for people like you or I who can have sort of a foot in each world, yeah. you know, because there are just, there are a lot of good climbers and there are a lot of, you know, uh, social media people, but there aren't a lot of people that do both things. So do you have like a crazy close call story? Uh, yeah. I feel like I've got a few crazy close call stories. Um, yeah, I think the worst one I actually talked about this and I did one other podcast before on the educated climber podcast. And I told the story that I think that the scariest thing that's happened to me is I, I, uh, so I walked up to, yeah, we had this huge yellow chipper. It's like 22 inches tall, 28 inches wide, the feed, mm-hmm. you know? And I walked up to this chipper with, so when you feed a wood chipper, you're supposed to like stand on the side, you know, very carefully, put the branches in. There are these rollers, these metal rollers that, that grab, grab the branch yeah. and mm-hmm. they slowly roll the branch into, there are blades behind the rollers. Oh my and goodness. so that's what chips it. So you put a branch and it just starts going in and there's, there's a thing, there's a reverse bar. So there's a bar that you can push to sort of turn the roller so that they're going the other direction. And um, there, there's also a thing called the, they're called the last chance cords. So there are some cords by those feed wheels and you pull those and that pushes the reverse bar uh, in out. Case so you're like in case you start to go in, you, you pull those oh and gosh. it puts it in reverse. Yeah, so Ugh. I walked up to this chipper and, you know, just casually... Um, I think I was on intercoms or something and uh, we were doing this crane job and it, and I was just like, you know, not really paying attention, sort of that complacency thing we were talking about. And I walk up with these two large cedar limbs and cedar limbs are naturally kind of curly. And I put them in on each side and these limbs grab my ankles and they lift my ankles up and the, the branch starts, the two branches are feeding into the chipper. Bro. And now my, feet or like up in the what? air yeah and so <laughs> i get like like my heart speeds up just telling the story so it's like going into the chipper and i'm like you know oh man you know 
I can see I'm getting closer to these feed wheels and I try to hit the reverse bar, but the angle I'm at, I can't really reach the reverse bar. So, and the area between there's the feed wheels and the outside of the chipper, there's like this metal box you're in basically, you know, they call it the, the feed table. So now I can't, but now I'm like going into the chipper and I can't reach the, the, the reverse bar. So I grab the last chance cords and what, what you don't know until you actually need to pull those is those are actually really hard to pull <laughs> depending on the angle you're at. So I was like sideways and I tried pulling on this cord and, uh, you know, the first pull I was like, Oh, this will fix it. And nothing happened. I pulled again. And so now the cords like behind my head almost. And my face is like right here by the rollers. And I just closed my eyes and I just like pulled as hard as I could. And it was just hard enough to put the chipper into neutral, not even reverse kind of between the gears and I was like screaming and you know Brian running the crane he jumped off the crane he shoved the chipper in reverse and it spit me and the branches out but it was like inches oh yeah. my gosh dude yeah it was insane I was like it's, I was like oh it's over it was it was crazy that yeah. sounds like it was like a that's like a horror it's movie like a horror movie yeah, it was, oh yeah. my it was gosh like and it like and it's you know almost deafening it's so Holy loud you hear the smokes. you hear the branch getting shredded you know and it's just loud and these rollers are just gonna oh yeah i thought i was done but it, it got worse as i got closer because i couldn't oh i couldn't pull God. this cord it wasn't as easy as i thought so after that i was like hey we need to like make sure these cords are oiled up and easier death, to death pull, by guys. chipper oh my yeah goodness, it turns out dude. these are actually kind of hard to pull when you're in that moment that's so. like traumatizing yeah, if I had been any weaker, I wouldn't have been able to do have it. Have you used the chipper since? Yeah, yeah, many times. <laughs> but oh but never gosh. like that. I've never I haven't fed a branch in either hand like that cuz you know that sandwiches you between limbs, you know. I mean, the two limbs they just close. They I mean, they just move together and it just it just pinned me and I I was like a rag doll. I was just totally, you know. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, it was so crazy. Wow. It was wow, nuts. Wow, wow. Um, another yeah. close one I had when I was I was probably 19 or 20 when this happened. It was before um, uh, we had bucket trucks. And I was doing a fur removal, and it was raining. And I tried, like, pushing on a limb to swing it over, and the tips touched the the power lines. And I got shocked by these, like, I don't know what the voltage is, but they were pretty, they were pretty big. <laughs> well, it was clearly enough to hurt you, but not enough to kill you, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my but gosh. it was just for a second, but it was insane, like, the voltage. It's hard to even explain what it was like. It, it didn't, you know, if you, like, stick a fork in the outlet, you know, or yeah, touch yeah, electric sure, fence, sure, how sure. it feels to get electrocuted. <sighs> so I yeah. touched these wires, and it was just for, like, a second. The branch rolled off the wire, but I, like, I tensed up so hard that it just, it felt like I was getting crushed. Like I was under really deep water. That's what it felt like. The electricity was so intense. Wow. And, uh, but it was just for a second. Um, but I was like, I was like twitching and stuff afterwards. I was um, freaked out and I went to the hospital and they, so they monitored my blood because uh, electrical burns, you burn from the inside out. So you have to have your blood tested for five hours to see if you have any internal um, damage to your organs. So that, so I, I didn't have any damage, but that was like, that was just a crazy experience. Awesome. Because tree was, work is a lot more dangerous than I thought originally. Yeah. That's tree, like really serious. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, it's seriously stupid because, you know, 
we should have just had a bucket truck for a tree like that. Right? Yeah. Close to yeah. the wires. And or then like with the or, chipper thing, you know, it's like now, you know, never to do it that way. Ever yeah. Again, well, so. that one I knew, you know, I knew better <laughs> going in, right? <laughs> I knew better, but it was just like, yeah, you know, just talking about who knows what, yeah, and yeah. you know, just not paying attention. That's so crazy. Yeah. yeah. That, that wow. was just nuts. Yeah. Boot making doesn't have nearly the <laughs> level of danger there. I mean, there are, you know, some small things, but. Could, Nothing you like could that. Overdose on that glue. You can overdose. I mean, you <laughs> could. Stuff, you could try. I mean, intense. I don't think anyone's done it yet. You know, but um, actually, funny story on that. So when I was like younger, I don't. We had a smaller shop, and um, I think I was like maybe fourteen, and um, <laughs> these two guys came in, and you know, now as an adult, I know what to call them. They were like hippies, you know. But at the time, I didn't really know <laughs> what to call them. <laughs> and, and they come in, and they're like. Hey, um, I've never had anybody ask this before. Mind you, so I'm like 14. I'm working with my, it's like my parents' shop, you know, it's like mom and pop shop, you know? And they're like, hey, can we, uh, can we buy some glue? <laughs> and I was like, what? I was like, I don't, I was like, let me ask my parents, you know? And so I run back. I'm like, mom, dad, they want to buy some glue. And my parents are also like, no, we don't, we don't sell glue. Like we're a shoe shop, you know? So I run back out and I'm like, yeah, sorry guys, I can't I can't sell you any glue. And they're like, Oh, okay, just asking. You know, like yeah. okay, like just curious, you know. And now as an adult, I know exactly yeah, what they were yeah, asking yeah, for, right. you know. So that's funny, but no, I mean it's like funny that they even how would they even know? Like, oh yeah, go to a boot yeah, shop. Yeah, go to a shoe go, shop. Go oh, there's the some <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they got that's the good stuff. The good, they stuff. Got <laughs> good stuff. Super fast <laughs> acting, you know. Yeah, how would they um, even know? Yeah. No, at this point, I think you're, you get used to it. Also, we have, like, really good ventilation in our glue room. We have a dedicated room for all of that oh, stuff. Really? Oh, absolutely, because it would, it would, it's pretty. see the glue room after <laughs> this. We're going to go, yeah. we're going to go relax in the, the glue room. the podcast in the glue room. <laughs> we should have done the podcast in the glue room. The interesting podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. That's really funny. That's really, really, maybe we should do one later in the glue room. Like, hey, guys, this is the glue room edition podcast. Hey, these guys are talking really that's slow. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, man, to start talking about all kinds of stuff. The glue room. Oh, totally get off track, yeah. Uh, but no, like it's... The title of the podcast, <laughs> The Glue Room with the JK, glue room Boots. JK Boots. Um, it's, it's very well ventilated and like, you know, it's not like that. It's not that bad. I think probably the, the nastiest thing can be like, it just sometimes makes you sick a little bit. Like if it's mm. like a lot, it like you can physically get nauseous because it's pretty, it's pretty powerful, like pretty potent, you know. But um, that's really, really funny. Or like... At this point, I'm already like numb to the smells of everything just because of time, like leather and everything. And but like people will come in and they're like, oh, my gosh, like this smells so good because the smell of leather is really nice. Mm -hmm. And I'm just completely like I don't even I don't even smell anything anymore just because you're so used to it. But um, that's that's really nice. I'd say the dangers, like the only dangers that we have as a bootmaker, obviously, you know, smashing your thumbs, smashing your fingers and stuff. That always sucks, you know, but really, realistically, you're only doing that if you're a just learning or be it's not your thing you know like you know you do it once you do it twice you usually learn <clears throat> you know after that um we use a lot of blades we use a lot of sharp blades um there's definitely the potential to cut yourself and slice yourself that's probably the most common thing like a little dangerous but that's nothing you know we have some sanders that are just belt you know belt fed sanders that you know the worst thing you can do is just nick yourself on that and i mean yeah, it's whatever, but it's not anything. You're not going to lose a limb or a finger, you know. Um, the dangerous, most, probably like one of the most dangerous machines would be like probably, oh, so we have a trimmer. That one's that one's actually very dangerous. So we have a trimmer that trims the soles, like in the yeah, edges I of the soles. That. Yeah, I think I showed yeah. that to you. 
and it's it's kind of gnarly. There's a lot of safety features on there though, um, and there's like an emergency stop and all this stuff. And um, and again, you'd have to be pretty either poorly trained or not even poorly trained because if you train, it's like very serious. But I'd say like either very negligent or not really know what you're doing to like have something happen. The way that the machine works, it's literally like probably like a it's like three or four serrated blades kind of connected together, probably like literally like the width of my finger. So if every finger was a blade and it's just like spinning and grabbing and it's actually rotating counter counterclockwise. And I mean, it will, it will take a finger, like probably like, like, like nothing, like a carrot or something. But again, there's like a guide and a gauge and a feed, you know, in there. And so you're, you're running it with a foot pedal and, you know, your hands aren't really anywhere near the blade. They're, like they're close, but not really. And you're more just guiding the boot kind of like along this blade. So again, hard to, not hard, but like kind of a little bit more challenging to get hurt on that, but still totally can. Um, and then I would say our stitcher machine. So, but again, same thing, like with the stitcher machine, you'd have to like almost try. I did once. So yeah. like um, there was a particular moment, hard to explain, but like I was stitching this like super old, old worn down pair of boots for a resole and had a Met guard on there. Do you know what that is? A Met guard? Like mm -hmm. welders wear like this flap over the top of their boots. So okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off. And um, I was trying to like save it and not have to replace the Met guard for the guy and all this stuff. And so I put my hand like underneath the boot, like right where the needle of the stitcher goes to guide it along. And like, I literally just caught my middle finger on one of the needles and it like just pretty much broke through my nail, ripped like the tip of my finger, you know? So like nothing insane. Yeah, I thought painful. my stories were bad. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no voltage. Okay, no, no, yeah. no about to get eaten alive by a chipper, you know, type thing. So like I said, it's very low, low, much safer. So, you yeah, know, if you're trying to compare nice. boot making, you know, and tree work, boot making is much safer, you know, and the only thing we have is toxic chemicals and you might get a little high, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah that's a, that's a, it's covered a, in the insurance policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but that's it, that's it. Um, um, that's really, really funny. I never thought that, you know, obviously true work, you know, is like you can fall, but I never thought that it was like the other stuff. Right. Like, because you, know, you see like a GoPro clip of a guy climbing. It's obviously your brain goes to stuff, yeah, yeah. falling. Yeah. But, you know, you could a lot of the guys, they get killed because they cut themselves and they can't get down to the ground fast. enough. You're you kidding. Know? Yeah, no, it's really a lot of people don't think about something like that. And a lot of guys actually they, you know, they start the tree. They don't have their knots and stuff tied, so they can't quickly repel out of the tree they'll tie it when they get up there and but if you cut yourself you know you, you gotta only, get down you, fast yeah, yeah so yeah. that's a big danger is cutting yourself and then being up there because you know if you start bleeding profusely it's very yeah. hard for even how, for a trained person yeah. even if you have somebody on how there, quickly can you get down like if you need to get down like right if you if you have taken the steps and you're properly tied into the tree you can get down to the ground in just a few seconds wow you know yeah but you have to have all your stuff set up that way you have for to somewhat that, yeah, yeah be yeah. anticipating that yeah. you'll get cut you know is there like a speed test or race like how quickly you can get up how quickly you can get down or it's not about that it's about safety and doing it like correctly like is speed valued like how fast you can scale up a tree the, um you know you see, yeah that's kind of a tough <coughs> question yes and no i think you see a lot with new climbers you know guys in their young 20s they'll like uh 
you know, they're really physically fit. They try to like do everything really, really fast. Yeah. But a lot of times it's the older guys have been doing it longer. They just, you know, you can be really sort of, you can move your body quickly, but if you don't take the right steps to set up the Skill. rigging properly yeah. and yeah. to know where to cut things and how to manage your ropes and stuff, like you can be very, you know, fast in, in the physical sense, but mm -hmm. then you get your rope caught on a branch and now you're like stuck fighting it for 10 minutes. Right. So they say uh, fast is what, what I think I've heard somebody say, like smooth is fast or fast is slower. I don't know, something like something that. Something like that. So that, that that's, I see that and with us too in, in this regard. So like, for example, let's take a position like, like lasting the boots. So that's when you're, you know, if, if you've seen any of our build videos, you'll recognize it when the guy has like pliers and he's like molding the leather around and, you know, making these pleats and, you know, trimming them and stuff. So like you're molding the leather around the last. Uh, I've seen, I've seen like guys like, man, it, cause it is pretty physical. It's pretty physical. And I've seen guys like, oh, oh, like struggling, struggling, like go, 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 you know? And then like, we have a couple guys that they're a little bit older. They're just got like, you know, 20, 30 years under their belt. And if you watch them work, it doesn't really look like they're particularly like struggling physically or even like really kind of like they're not huffing and puffing, so to speak, but they're they like will work faster and get done mm -hmm. sooner than the guy who like would be huffing and puffing. And that's that's like a that's not always true because usually the guy huffing and puffing like they're learning still and they need some time to kind of get in the in this in the flow of things. But it's, it, that is true. When you know how to like use your tools and you're like more smooth with it, I think the saying is um, smooth is fast and rough is smooth is fast and, and slow is rough or something. Something I know what you're talking about. I've heard yeah, that before. Yeah. And um, I think that's totally true. And so it's like probably similar like in all these industries. And like I'll watch some of the some of the guys work sometimes that have like, you know, 20 years under their belt. And it's, it's impressive. It's cool. Like, um, you know, they're just it doesn't really look like they're particularly right. cr trying you know but they're just they're just going you know and that's just skill that's experience one of the funny things about doing a tree job for say a cut you know a customer they have no they you know they they, they have, have no, no idea they have, they have no, no idea what yeah, they're looking at yeah. so what's funny is you'll have a guy and he'll you know he'll do something wrong and a branch gets lodged where it wouldn't have if he would have rigged it properly. And yeah. you know, the whole crew spent 20 minutes fighting the stupid branch and, it, it, you know, everything's going wrong. And at the end of the job, you know, everybody's like sweating and they're, they're like, wow, thank you so much. You worked so hard. You know, I'll give you a tip. And then you have the guy that's like, you know, very smooth. Yeah, everything yeah. gets done very quickly. Yeah. And they're like, what am I paying for? Yeah, you know, wow, like you guys so are already done. Funny. Yeah. They it's have no so concept. Yeah, yeah. They have no wow. idea. Yeah, they, there's something sick to sometimes these the, the customers, they like, they almost enjoy seeing the people struggle. They like think they're getting a better deal or something. <laughs> so maybe it's definitely noticed that to make it look years. like you're doing an extra good job. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh my gosh, customer service, man. That's Yeah, I, I worked with this one guy who's a contract climber years ago named Noel, and he said that he he's like, one of the things that I'll do, you know, when I'm in the tree, I'll, I'll make sure, you know, when I see the customer, I'll be like, can you get me the pulley so that I can very slowly and carefully rig this limb down without hurting the customer's house? <laughs> he said it's like really corny, but they love it. He said, yeah, yeah, then yeah. they're like, oh, oh wow, look what, you know. It's oh, you're so like, good. You care so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instead of just like, hey, I need that block, you know. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. So he'd like say that he'd try to put on a show. For yeah, him, yeah, you know? yeah. Customer service is a whole also customer opinion you know is a whole right. nother it's an entirely different world and it adds another layer of difficulty to an already difficult 
job, you know, like what mm-hmm. you have. And I think, I think what we do, you know, can be hard and, um, yeah, it's a whole nother topic, a whole nother thing, a conversation or like even interpretation, like customer interpretation. And you can't blame people because they don't really know. Totally. Um, sometimes you can blame them because if, if you don't know, then you should trust more. Yeah, (laughs) I've dealt with that a lot, especially when you're talking about pruning. Like, I I hate pruning trees just because of the human element. Like, I enjoy pruning trees if it wasn't for the homeowners, but they're always like, oh, can you cut this too? Or can you cut that? Why don't you cut this? And it's like, why did you hire an arborist to do this? Right, right. If you you know exactly how to do it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's, Mm -hmm. that's absolutely the frustrating part about yeah, pruning trees yeah. is dealing yeah. with the the customers. Yeah. Customer service is extremely important. You know, it is truly because you know ultimately you are here like for the customer. You know, um, and I, maybe it's different because you're more of a service based um, business. We're like a we're also a service based business because we we offer the service of like repairing of our own boots and stuff. But it's more a product based business and like just customer service is just so important in that, you know, answering people's questions, building the confidence, explaining things to them correctly. So like we, that's why we are so like heavily invested into that. Like back to the whole YouTube thing, like that's huge for us is, is investing in that. So people get it and like they do understand, but from time to time. And honestly, the truth is like 95% of our customers are like really awesome. Like they're great. They're actually quality people. Like they're really great people. They're hard workers. They're true Americans. They want to provide for their family. They just want good quality stuff. Like that's wonderful and awesome. So it's like a pleasure. It's a joy. It's just this, you know, small category. It's this 5%. I think it's probably this way in every industry, probably, probably close to yours. I don't know exactly. Maybe it's worse or harder sometimes in the tree service industry, but like there's always that small category that just, you just have to figure it out. Just work with it. Be They'll extra never be patient. Happy. It, yeah, it's it's whatever you know, and and that's why you you have a team, and that's why you have you know flows that you follow, and that's why you have um, policies. You know, and as as light as you can keep them, because you don't want to make the business all about rules and policies. But you know, it's like you need to have those for this five percent of people because you know, like plus as you grow, that five percent maybe it stays at five percent, but it's a larger number. And, you know, you don't want to end up spending your entire day just dealing with, with problems, you know? And so, um, customer service is huge. Customer experience maybe is a better term. Like customer experience is extremely important, especially for us too. Like, that's why I was telling you that we have like status update emails and we, we try to communicate. Like, like I don't mm-hmm. think you can over communicate. Like I would, I would want our customers to tell us, Hey, like, okay, like you're over communicating. Like then maybe we would consider like pull, pulling it back a notch, but like, I want to over communicate. I want to oversimplify. I want yeah. to, um, make the barrier to entry. That's the term barrier to entry. So like significantly tiny, you know? And so, um, I think it plays into both industries. You, you know, you have to have a good customer experience, you know, otherwise like word of mouth is probably the number one way that you grow your business in the tree service industry. It's also very true for us too, but because we're a product, you know, we advertise through the Facebook and through Google and, you know, there's SEO and YouTube and affiliates and all this stuff. But like, I'm sure that if someone has a really great experience with a tree service industry, cause that's kind of like a bigger job, they're going to tell their neighbor, they're going to tell, they're going to tell their family. They're going to tell people just around, Oh, hey, I need this tree cut down. Oh, I used, you know, Oh, I used guilty of treason guy on YouTube. He was like, awesome. You know? So I think that's, probably super super big for you like have you been experiencing growth just from word of mouth is that how you people find out about you is it more through youtube is it both 
Yeah, they uh, they will usually email me or you know, you same thing. They'll they'll refer their friends to me, stuff like that. Referrals, you know? yeah, referrals, referrals is yeah. huge, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the customer, yeah, like uh, that company I was talking about, Shriner Tree Care. The owner of that company, Steve, he does a really good job. With, he thinks of all these like little details that a lot of people don't think about, like, um, you know, he like like every crew carries a bag of grass seed in their truck which is like weird but you know if you scuff up the grass dropping a piece of wood on it he said you just throw some grass seed on it and the customers they just they'd love it you know because it shows that like that you care that you care you know? that's very cool yeah so just you know he's really good at just thinking of little tiny things like that you know very customer oriented oriented yeah and he's had tremendous success with you know both his customers and his employees you know that's like really cool over there loves those guys but yeah just little simple thoughtful things like just that. being yeah. thoughtful yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah just being thoughtful and it's it's um it's hard sometimes um, because people have different expectations and it's hard to sometimes cater to other people's, your customer's level of expectation. And it's also difficult to know what that even expectation is. Like you have a guess over time with experience just because like, you know, if you've been in business for X amount of time, you approximately understand your customer base. So you know kind of like what they're looking for. Um, and that that's like comes with time. But I remember, yeah, you know, like it, it, I remember when we were first, you know, when we were younger and getting started, like speaking for, for myself, I was never the type of guy to, um, like if I ordered something, like I honestly would forget about it. Almost I like a borderline forget about it because there's just other things going on in mm -hmm. life and like you ordered it and it's kind of like, okay, like whenever it shows up, it shows up. Um, but not so, you know, with everyone, some other people are very like they order something and they just can't like they can't, it can't get here fast enough, you know? And so contacting, emailing, asking, which is good and appropriate and right. And I appreciate so much that people are, are excited to receive our product. It's, I, it's, it's actually a blessing. Like I'm grateful for that because that's cool. And like, that makes me feel like people want what we have. So that's a really nice feeling, but, um, you need to, you need to take care of that. Like you need to address that. And so that's why even designing this complicated flow of, you know, status update emails, which is like, was really hard to get set up. And we had a couple moments where it was like, they misfired and, send people the wrong stuff and it's like oh my goodness and then that creates a bigger mess but that's all worth it in order to create this awesome experience for people because you know when when people are going to talk about your business i think that like it let's say the pro so our product is amazing i think we have a really good product but let's say let's just say for example your product is not as good as the next guy's product a little bit but your customer experience is way better people will refer to the customer experience. They love having a good journey and a good experience and they love feeling treated just special. Just, they want to feel like, they just want to feel special. And I appreciate that and like respect that and acknowledge that. And like, I'm all about that. Like even our unboxing experience, we, we have some really nice paperwork in there. We have a note that's was we, we made a note that has was signed by my dad. So it was written by my dad, right? JK, he founded the business. So it's like a special note from him and it's his signature and it's actually his handwriting. And it looks, it's just really nice. You know, just you immediately feel like welcomed, you know, into like this kind of maybe culture or community. 
and there's like really nice detailed paperwork on like how to do this how to do this there's a bottle of oil in the box you know if you you there's laces in there there's insoles in there it's all packaged well there's a sticker and that's like see like small things like what does a sticker cost you 25 cents but it's about like it's in the box it's in there and it's like oh that that feels nice and so again it's those small like thoughtful things or even I so like when I was back in the day and we're, we implement this now as well, but like, you know, calling somebody a year later, mm. you know, Hey, how, 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 how's, how are your boots? Like that's, first of all, that's really cool. If I got called a year later, I would be so like blown away because that means that this company actually cares for me. Um, but like, that's an example of like, a really next level customer service. Like that's really, really cool. And that's really, really nice. Or contacting people throughout their process. Um, you're six weeks in to a 14 week build. How you doing? Do you have questions? Like, are you good? You know, like people love that. And so those things are hard to scale as you get bigger and grow. You just have to get more creative about the way that you do it, but it's 100% achievable and it's so worth it's so worth the trouble to set it up just to create that really nice customer experience. And we don't always hit the mark. Like we've failed pretty heavily, you know, on some experiences before. And, you know, like we, own, we try to own up to that and fix it and make it right. But like, as long as you just don't give up and you keep focusing on how do I make my customers happier? How can I make their experience better? Um, Jeff Bezos, like, it's kind of funny, like we're, we're little drops in the bucket compared to that. But like he did this Ted talk and it just really stuck with me. And he said, he's like, I always think about my customer. He's like, I'm always thinking about my customer. I just focus on my customer. And my thoughts to that was like, if that's, and I believe him. I mean, I don't think he'd be lying about that because Amazon is ultimately like amazing what they've built. It's incredible. It's very you know, easy to use. It's very easy to use. And that's why like you put two and two together, you know? So it's like, I believe that I believe him and his team when they say that, that we just, we just want to focus on our customer. And, you know, honestly, Amazon has raised the bar, I think for the rest of the planet on customer experience, customer service, customer journey, you know, all these things. And like, we're all about that. Like people oftentimes ask like, okay, like what's the goal for JK boots? I don't want to just be a great com- uh, boot company. I want to be a great company just in general, you know? And so that means more than just focusing on boot things. That means all the parts and pieces that go into a transaction, that go into that experience, that go into that journey. And so I just wish you the same things, you know, doing what you're doing. Like that's, I've found success in that, focusing on the customer, having a really good experience and journey. And I think that if you, if you just fought like, and I'm learning that from, Jeff Bezos and these guys and like looking like even looking at how like Ford operates and how they sell trucks to people and like you know you can go online and build your custom truck and stuff like that like people love doing that and so just picking up on things like that people who have done it better than you've done it you know um, that's like how my brain thinks and it's it's not magic and it's not a secret you just have to go find it see it and, and like and do it you know so that's kind of what we've seen and I'm sure, though, that you have obviously very good customer service and good experience because otherwise, you know, you wouldn't keep getting referred to. People wouldn't keep saying, like, oh, call Jake. You know, like that wouldn't be happening if you weren't doing a really good job doing it. So I'm sure you have your own, you know, special techniques and journeys and experiences with that where you've learned how to do this better, learned how to do this better, like, you know, how customers react to certain things. Like it's even funny that you bring up the thing about like tipping. If someone does it really, really fast and really, really well, 
you know, the customer's like, no, fat enough. No, they do it clumsily. Exactly. You know, it's (laughs) like, that's, that's really funny. You know, that's, and that's something that you only learn by like being there, like being on the job, you know? So that's pretty cool. That's, that's like, I think, I think that you probably have a really, really good thing going with that. And I don't know, like is customer service hard, you know, doing this tree service stuff? Like, is it, is it challenging? Is it easy? Do homeowners like watch you the whole time? Well, I'm in a really unique position because I just do these, I just do like kind of small dinky jobs, you know, right? Yeah. You know, and uh, the people that call me, you know, they know that, uh, I, you know, most of the people that I work for, they've seen my YouTube videos, so they kind of know what, what they're to getting. Expect, yeah, yeah, so there, there's a lot of trust when I show up. I actually up, think that's know? a really nice thing. That's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. Um, and then if somebody reaches out to me, you know, Todd told me to reach out, you know, I'll send them a link to my YouTube channel and I'll be like, you know, this is the the work I do if you're interested. And it just, so for me, that is what, that's been really helpful that people just, you know, they, uh, they just trust me when I show up. So I've had a really hard time. No, I've had a really easy time. (laughs) Uh, I, I had a hard time when I was younger. I started running a crew, uh, at, you know, when I worked at Eastside Tree Works when I was like 20, 21, something like that. Running a crew. Yeah. I started running a crew and that was actually really hard. The customer service because people just didn't, they didn't like, you know, how young I was. They didn't, like me saying this is how we should do this job this is how we should do this tree this is, you know they so hard to get around so that. i remember that being a very frustrating uh experience um and it was also hard managing people uh being that young but you know i really can't complain um people are people are really cool to me honestly um it seems like pretty much wherever i go and i'm in a kind of a cool niche because i I really enjoy, I get to work with a lot of different tree services, you know, cause either I'm doing like, you know, smallish jobs for, um, customers or I do a lot of, you know, contract work. And so I get a really cool view of the, the industry, but I can for sure tell that it's just the, the, the customer service is, is just huge. Um, and, and actually I can, I remember when I first started doing tree work, there was a, a company called, uh, there was a company called Evergreen. And I could be wrong about this, but I remember when I first started, it was like every chip truck on the road seemed like it was an evergreen truck. And, you know, everywhere I went, you would hear people complaining about the company. They had, you know, bad, uh, you know, customer service or, you know, their salesman was really rude. And I heard this a whole bunch of times. And over the years, you know, I noticed that I saw those trucks less and less. And now, you know, I think they're in business, but I think they've, uh, you know, they're doing like smaller trucks and you know, I don't know, maybe they're, maybe they're bigger than ever, but yeah. I could be totally wrong. But from my yeah. perspective, it's like, I hear people complaining about this company and I don't see the company around yeah. anymore, you know? Yeah. And I assume that's just because, you know, you can only, there's only so many people that you can work for once and then burn them, you know, cause it, it's a, you know, it's not just that the referrals help you get more work. It's also people will say to their friends, if you did a bad job too. And so it'll be yeah. harder to, you yeah. know, it, it goes in the opposite direction. You know, it goes it both hard ways. To get work. It goes both ways. And I think what matters is as long as you, even if you do make a mistake, just make it right. Try, try at least to make it right, you know, and that's probably what matters more than anything. And just care. You just have to care, you know, and if, if, if somebody doesn't care, I think that's when mistakes and like not mistakes, but problems occur. But ultimately, dude, everyone's human. Like, yeah, our, our, you don't, it doesn't always work out. Like you, you don't always hit every, 
mark perfectly. Like that's just, I don't know, like I want to, you know, like everybody wants to, but sometimes it's, it just doesn't work that way. And I think what matters more than anything is like, even if something didn't go out exactly as planned, just make an effort to make it correct, make it right. And, and come to good terms with the other side. I think that like with this evergreen situation, like, or whatever, I don't know the details, right? Whoever, whoever, whatever, but like, probably totally wrong. It <laughs> could be, could be. <laughs> like, you know, com- com- company X, Y, Z, like, yeah, yeah. I think you only are in a bad spot if, because every, every company makes mistakes. Every company botches something. Like there's no company that's perfect ever. That's just doesn't happen. But what matters is how you come back from it. And are you going to fix it? Like, okay, something didn't work out. Okay, like the team inside. Okay, we know that this didn't work out. Let's attack it. Like, let's fix it. And then just move on to the next thing. There's no perfect company. It just, it just doesn't. It just doesn't exist. Even these big giants, like... Ford will recall a truck from time to time. GM will recall a vehicle from time to time. How? You know, like ask like how you guys have engineers and it's billion dollar corporation. How like just like that? You know, just like that. I just just missed it. You know, like it just happened. You know, so I think that's like the human element, and, and ultimately it's okay, and it just matters how you come back from it. That's that's yeah. My I mean, companies yeah. are just made up of humans. You know? It's just a group it's of people. Group it's of just people. people. Yeah. yeah. But I, I've noticed that you know, just a little bit goes a really long way. A little the, bit does go a long the way. Customer, yeah. you know, uh, I've noticed that with both you know now with Sappy Supplies too. Like you know, I'll have trouble getting things in stock or on time, and yeah. then people have back orders. But if I just you know reach out to them before they reach out to me, hey, we're trying to get exactly. this for you. You know, they're 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 really understanding exactly. About yeah. it, you know, I think most people are genuinely good and nice and kind. Most people are. You know, they're kind of like inherently that way. But yeah, they're still they're still your five to ten percent, as they say. I think you're supposed to a lot for that amount, anyways. You know, so. It's fine. Yeah. Just be prepared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most people are good, but anyways. But I've been amazed at how many emails I get for Sappy Supplies. Do you have this? Do you have that? Are you going to carry this? Are you going to carry that? That's Where's really my exciting. order? Yeah. It's like a lot of messages, and uh, but I'm the same way. Like I would just buy something and just, I would never think to email the company. Yeah, I, neither you know? would I. I always either. <laughs> just, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. I, I'm ne- I never do that. Like, I, I don't know why, you know, but like, I never do that. If I order something, I just kind of, there's even things that I know that I've ordered that haven't arrived yet. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I almost, I just know it's going to show up. Like, I just don't care enough to like go actually like yeah. figure it out, you know, but there are people that do. And yeah, I mean, it's okay. How is like customer service going with Sappy Supplies? Do you respond to everything pretty much or you and your guy? Yeah. yeah. Me and my yeah. guy will, um, and then I'll like, you know, I'll just write thank you on like the packing slip, you That's know, nice. and sign my name. That's really people, good. People yeah. really like that, yeah. you know. So sappysupplies.com, all your tree gear, it's all there. Yeah. All the climbing and, gear, everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm working on adding stuff to it basically every yeah. week. I'm adding, yeah. you know, a little bit here and there. Do but, people request stuff and then let's like okay well i don't have that so like i'll go get it on there or do you kind of know what needs to be on yeah there? or they they say oh i want this it's not on your site and then i'll add it to the site and buy it and then i'll be like okay it's added and they're like oh i bought it somewhere else <laughs> i get that a lot <laughs> i'm like come on whatever yeah. Yeah, but whatever. i mean it's fine uh, but yeah. uh you know i actually do get a lot of that it seems like um, people want something and then I add it and they just buy it somewhere else because they don't have the, the, patience. Have the patience. Which I wish I knew why. why well, the, why next, should guy, they the next guy will come along. Like, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. But I try to, you know, do a good job of just, I try to make it feel, you know, personable to the people. I know that, like, uh, you know, I have to be able to compete with these other uh, you know stores and the yeah. only thing I've got going from you know I, I can't compete with I mean these big stores I've got 
millions of dollars of inventory and huge amounts of staff and all this stuff. So I just, all I've got is my customer service, you know, and my reputation, you know, in my videos and stuff. So for me, it's super important that I try to do right by these people because that's the only incentive that they have to buy from me. You know, they could buy from any other store. Yeah. You know, uh, don't despise small beginnings. You know, it's like you got to start somewhere. Those big time guys also started somewhere. It just matters that you keep going. Um, everybody praises the beginning and then praises the end, but the middle is usually always the quietest and most silent time that nobody talks about. And it's in the middle that you have to just put your head down and keep going, you know? So yeah, I've heard the phrase, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success. That's what they say. Yeah, that's what they say. And I think there's truth to that. And yeah, just keep going. I mean, it, it will, it will get better and you know, it's good. Everyone should think about ways to be better than everybody else and be unique and try different things and sell different products and yeah. You ever think that you'll branch out into other apparel? Oh, yeah, for sure. I would love to. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, our customers ask us for all kinds of different things all the time, in, in, boots-wise and then also apparel-wise, too. You know, so Mostly leather products? Mostly or? leather products, mostly leather products. But I think there's a lot in like the workwear side mm-hmm. of things. And you know, we already do a really good job. We have a lot of quality. Quality is a big thing. Like Our reputation is, 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 is built on this. And so I think if we were able to offer quality gear, that was other stuff. I think it would also do really well just because the name is there and that would be a joy and a pleasure to be able to provide more good stuff for people. And I think that like I'm seeing a return to American made, American sourced or just quality products in general. And there are still people who don't want to pay anything like, you know, they want to just get the cheapest thing that they can. And that's fine. And that's always been and like always will be. But there definitely is a large category of people that they just want good stuff. Mm-hmm. They just want quality stuff. And price matters, but it's not as important as can I get the best possible product, you know? So we apply that principle to our boots. We try to price, you know, as as conservatively as possible, but ultimately it is a really high quality product. And it's, you are getting what you're paying for, for sure, and more, actually. So, yeah, I mean, we get emails all the time asking for, this and this and this feature and this model or this style and oh can you guys do work gear and can you guys can do you hats make me a signature boot yeah exactly yeah exactly which yeah. you know that's that's there and um so yeah i mean we're gonna do more stuff we're gonna do more stuff we're just so busy with what we're doing right now right it's right. like hard to sometimes do other things but we will you know my brother and i are are young and we've got a lot of time ahead of us and a lot of a lot of accomplishments yet to accomplish. As long as you're careful around that stitcher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be careful around that stitcher, exactly. So, yeah, like we're in, we're in a good spot. But um, I think I think you and I will see, like, as time goes on and there's more social media and more AI, like we'll see the business world change. I use the AI to uh, name my YouTube videos. There you go. That work, <laughs> it works good. Chat GPT. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it works really good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it actually yeah. works really well. Yeah, it That's like really the hardest well. part about yep, yep. making. We videos. do some of that stuff too, and like you know, you can you can write um, it can write captions for you, and because um, sometimes hashtags. or hashtags because yeah. sometimes the creative just juice like it's it, oh, you yeah. run out sometimes yeah. you know it's like you've been staring at I'm sure you overthink it yeah yeah like our media team I'm sure can relate to this like you're just staring at one piece of content all day and it's like oh my gosh like I'm worn out already and I want to use more technology to do a better job as much as as I can that's that's right that's the best thing you know and there's some things that technology can't replace like craftsmanship and experience all this stuff but 
Um, but you know, writing a caption, right. You know, even, even like there's tools that will even like edit photos for you. Like that's amazing. That's incredible. You know, that's, that's a time saver. So yeah, we're all about that. Like I want to get better, sharper, faster from every side that we can, you know, or like organization of like inventory, you know, organization of invoices, you know, like I'm, I'm, there's like AI tools that they're putting together to be able to analyze like an Excel spreadsheet and summarize it and like tell you the summary, like that's amazing, you know, so definitely like that's something that I think we'll see with time. The business world will change. The social media world will change. I think it's going to change for the better. And I think we just have to be really open to that and like adopt it as, as, as quickly as you can. Usually, if you look at all these revolutions, individuals that like like the computer, the Internet, social media, it's usually I think, you know, camps or, or groups of people that are like are super resistant to it. They always eventually get into it just later you know mm -hmm. so that's kind of been like my observation but we'll see i don't know yeah i didn't expect to be talking about ai on <laughs> the jk <laughs> podcast but yeah so that's kind of where we're at but yeah yeah it's been cool just for me just seeing how much you, you guys have uh, grown even just since i started following yeah. you yeah you it's been amazing Two hundred thousand subscribers to huh? 17 to 16 yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, what's the, what's the next plaque? You know, kudos to Thank your you. team. You Appreciate know? that. Yeah, like, they're amazing. Really... They are amazing. What is the next plaque after 100,000 subscribers? You get the million. Uh, after a million, you get the gold one. And then what's after that? Uh, I think you get like a diamond or platinum or something at 10 million. I think. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. It's <laughs> a lot of subscribers. So a million is gold button? A million's gold, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Right, yeah. yeah. That's a lot of people. Yeah. You're close. Well. <laughs> More than halfway there? More than halfway there. Good. Yeah. Good. At like yeah. 600. Hey, you never so. know. Maybe by the end of this year? Maybe. Yeah. I think it's I think it's possible. Yeah. But, you know, then I'm just going to want 2 million. So it doesn't really matter. It <laughs> doesn't know? really matter. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because I, I, I lost my first YouTube channel. I had to start over. Yeah, you told I, me. I had like 200,000 yep. subscribers. Yep. And like, you know, back then it was like this this huge amount this you know i was like oh, i can't believe and then oddly enough starting a second youtube channel and doing it again it's kind of like uh i don't know taking a lot of the yeah excitement I, I, out of it well yeah but in a good way you know like you know a million would be cool but then i'm just gonna i've kind of learned at this point i'm always just gonna want more subscribers you know just like everybody else yeah, so it doesn't yeah. even matter i think it's finding happy, balance you know? and you should be happy to accomplish goals, but it's not, it's not ultimately everything, you know, and yeah. instead it's just finding, you know, fulfillment and excitement in the journey. But I think it's important to, you know, also try to th think about like the, you know, trying to accept, you know, like, okay, I've gone far enough with this, you know, yeah. I, I think it's fine. I'm, you know, I'm happy with how things are. Yeah. You know, I think and if it keeps growing on its it. own, great. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and if it, <clears throat> if it pauses or something, or not even if it pauses, but if, it, if it's not as extreme, okay, like I'm okay with that, you know? And so, yeah. Right. And also your main business, I guess, is really it's, it's sappy and your tree work. It's the YouTube channel is almost kind of like a, a support. Yeah. Kind things. of, kind of yeah. a bonus, yeah, you know, it's more it's of a bonus, yeah. that, you know, and, <clears throat> it's just something like I just film my regular job. So it's, you know, and now I have an editor, so I send him the footage and he, so it's, it's like not really that much more work yeah. to make the YouTube videos. It's amazing. You know? That's, That's cool. been helpful too, getting my head out of it. Cause I tend to like overthink things. If I spend, you know, 20 hours editing a video, yeah, like really, yeah. you know, overthinking everything. Yeah. And you know, uh, 
outsourcing that has actually really helped me just kind of like, yeah, if the video does well, it does well. If it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, Yeah. which yeah. is, which is nice, you know, keeps your head to clear. stress so much about it. That's awesome. That's yeah. smart. Cool. So cool. Good, man. Hey, well, this was nice. Yeah, 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 this is great. I appreciate you when, coming out. When are, when are you going to post it? Post it or um, air it? Or? So I think we're going to probably start airing them like really soon. So this one will be like the fourth one in the line because I have three before this one. So probably in the next like month. Nice. Yeah, so that will be cool. Yeah, so, yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah, is it going to be on uh, Spotify? It'll be on Apple Podcasts. It'll be on Spotify and YouTube just as videos. Yeah, on YouTube videos. Yeah, so kind of all the platforms that we can get out on and like we'll do clips and shorts and stuff and um, I try to keep this as like guest oriented as possible because it's like, it's really interesting to hear just like, you know, we had a, we had a central craftsman guy on, you know, that's going to be like the first one that we do. That was like really, really cool. And so this was like very interesting hearing this side of the story. I'd like to get more industries and all that kind of stuff in on it. So it's going to be really fun to just, it's going to be like a cauldron of like a melting pot of all this different stuff. Well, you're in a really unique position because you know, you, you have kind of an interesting window into so many different working class big time you know jobs yeah, you know, yeah. So how, how many people wear boots at work you know tons everybody, of people right? yeah, like everybody exactly. that has a yeah. you know like yeah. a everybody that's blue collar yep. basically yep. is wearing boots yep. so. so i'm very excited about this and yeah i think it's good i did i do a good job yeah <laughs> yeah it was really uh, really comfortable smooth yeah good, i good, really yeah. like the uh the leather yeah table. this helps i think with calm the nerves and stuff. <laughs> it's hard yeah, not to yeah. pet it the it's whole time and draw exactly exactly that was the thinking so yeah no it's and good. i actually like the headphones too Do i was like you know, i don't know i was like i don't know about these yeah, yeah. i got used to it and i like it's, them now now okay so you putting them back on it's no. like funny to hear the sound of my voice yeah now i'm ready for joe rogan there you go exactly you know now you're prepped yeah like that was a big inspiration i think for me was was watching how he does it and He's just so natural about it. And I think that's like, that's the best. I think that's the best one. It's just open form and it's very like not structured, I guess you could say. And it's more fluid and organic. I think that's super, super good. Yeah. Way better than the, like, I can't stand the way journalists interview people or they're like, yeah. you know, it, it's almost like an interrogation. It's yeah. like rude. It's, you know, they're very form oriented. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And then, but yeah, I love Joe Rogan. He just talks to people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think. Props to Joe Rogan because you have to be a pretty good conversationalist to do that and be pretty charismatic and like open and not that I'm comparing myself to Joe Rogan <laughs> in any way, but I definitely like want to be more that way because he's just very naturally good at that. And so just, it's just, I think it's social, sociability, social ability and, you know, being more extrovert, which I am and, and being a little bit more open and um, not being like just being comfortable. I think, I think that's the big thing is being comfortable. I think the reason podcasts are so explosive right now is because I think people really admire the human element and they actually enjoy like listening and learning from other people. I think that's something we're going to see as like AI gets more and more popular is that the human element is going to be a lot more valuable. Um, so things that are actually done by people and came from people, that value is going to rise. You're going to say human-made labels on things. Honestly, that might happen. Like, Probably, that's yeah. really funny. You know, like made by a person, made by <laughs> hand, made by human. You know, like that sounds funny. It's almost like Terminator, you know, talk. Yeah, right? yeah. But I think that it's going to be a, it's going to be cool because all the mundane things will be done by technology. Things that like, I don't know, like, even something like, okay, like like cleaning, a, you know, jan janitorial. Like eventually they're probably going to have, I think I've already seen it. They like, it like cleans a bathroom. 
Like they, you close the, it closes the door and it like sprays wow. everything, like cleans the whole bathroom and everything. Like thing, simple things like that. Editing, editing something, you know, like um, even like proofreading, you know, and like um, book editors and journalist stuff. Like that's probably, there's probably an AI platform. It's like mundane stuff will get taken care of. But then the human element comes in and it's like things like, things like podcasts, things like movies, things like music and art and um, craftsmanship. I think, you know, a person coming out to do a job, a person coming out to, you know, planning a house, building it, you know, <clears throat> somebody making the blueprints, somebody framing this. Like, I think just everything that's can be done by people will just raise in value so much because it's like, oh, wow, like this was done by a person. It's creative, it's unique, it's different, you know? And so, like, I don't think we're probably going to have robots or AI to replace tree workers because that's like, well, maybe, you know, it's kind of crazy. Well, I mean, we know? have a lot of machines that cut trees, you know, but you need people to operate them. Exactly. And, you know, and so what I've seen in the tree <coughs> industry, it's like the machines are becoming more popular. So instead of having yeah. two ground guys, you have one ground guy in, in a vaunt. You're like a machine yeah, that yeah. drives around and, and grows he's talking branches, to you, you know? right? Yeah, and, and so, and... you know, but so it's, you know, which is a more high skilled yeah. job. You know? I also think we're overestimating how good technology. Here's what I mean. Um, there still is always going to be a human element involved in every even AI and technology stuff because there has to be, you know, also like laws and things like that, like government there, like there, there's, there's going to be restrict, like it, it, you can't, it's not just going to become this Terminator utopia, like overnight. People you know? are always worried about, you know, uh, technology taking over. I mean, people talked about that a hundred years ago, just, with, you know, factories are going to put factory workers right. out and of Right, and that business. never happened. But, yeah, yeah. Be because, you know, you, okay, so this job doesn't exist anymore, but now people have podcasts or make YouTube videos. Exactly, you know? like there's new, new opportunities. jobs arise yes. as yes. old ones go 100%. away. 100%, new so, opportunities are always popping up. Yeah, and so. and so some people lose their job. It's tragic, but it's, you know... I mean, the, you just have you, to you don't transition. know that you don't know the jobs that don't exist yet, right? What they're going to be <clears throat> you know? exactly, exactly. So that's kind of my mentality, more optimistic and I think open, and I think that's right. I think that's healthy, and I really like Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk uh -uh. is? Gary V on Instagram. Uh -uh. He's like a business influencer type guy, and he's super positive, and he always talks about this principle, and you know, just be open, be optimistic, and look for the next opportunity, um, and you know. I, I, even 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 saying to look for this, I would only, I wouldn't be worried. Period, in in general at all. But I would say again, it's only going to be these extremely like super 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 mundane things. Like for example, I, I think it's it sounds funny, but like one of the jobs that was like went extinct was like a um, telephone operator. Mm -hmm. So like you would call into the base, then the person would connect right. you. You know, like okay, like that's really really mundane, but. Because telephones and lines and cell phones, well, then someone had to go make telephone lines and connect them to homes and run them across the country. And yeah, somebody's going to run the Verizon call center. Exactly, run know? the Verizon call center, the make blueprints. Change. Like so, so jobs change. So not that those people were out of work; they just their just jobs just transitioned. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, they, they and used to have. I think I read somewhere they had three hundred thousand horses in in uh, New York City in wow. the year nineteen hundred. You know, That's think about crazy. how many jobs don't exist anymore that were, you know, horse or but, horses, but now, yeah. you know, people make cars. So exactly. It's like the jobs just Now change, it's different. You know? I think like everything media is going to increase like drastically. You know, I think like videographers, photographers, editors, um, media, media, media is only <laughs> going to grow and get bigger. I don't think, I think AI is going to help. I don't think it's going to circumvent or replace because again, the human element, 
So, like, I think that side of it is a big, you know, podcasts, movies, YouTube, But music. then the more people that get into that, it actually opens up more opportunity and it increases wages in the jobs that people don't want to do so much that aren't so, you know, right. lavish. So, for, you know, I was surprised. So, you know, doing tree work, like if you need to hire a ground guy, you know, somebody to chip branches, it can be really hard to find somebody for that job. And then... You know, so when I hired an editor, I put the word out, hey, I'm looking for an editor. I was shocked at how many how applications many yeah. I got. Like, wow, there are actually people want to do this job. Isn't that funny? Yeah. You know, but yeah. Not a lot of people like, want to do chipping. Hey, yeah. yeah, I need help with this tree job. Nobody wants to do it, but people actually want to do those jobs. But that just means that, you know, tree services are forced to pay more to try to incentivize people to do those jobs. That's funny. You know? So you know, it just means you have to be more competitive. Yeah. And it's know? probably also just the generation, I think, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Younger people, they want to do, they want to be influencers or, you know, they want to, yeah, do Sit in a coffee shop. media stuff. Sit yeah. in a coffee shop on a laptop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always, thought, I always think that's funny. Like any coffee shop I go into, it's like, there's just people in here on their computers. Like, yeah, what are they all in. doing? Like, what are they all doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm in here to get a cup of coffee and get out. And it's like, there's, it's just full. Every table is full of like, everyone's like, or Maybe they're just killing time. It'd be funny to just know? walk up to somebody and just ask, like, what are you, yeah, what like, are you working on? What are you on? doing? You know, it's probably <laughs> most students or something, you know. I think it's it's about the vibes, you know. So that's, that's the word they use. you got to have a vibe, and there's a coffee shop vibe, and you're more – I think there's some kind of study done, like, when you're in this kind of environment, it's, like, more productive or something. When you're around other people that are being productive, you are more productive, you know. There's some. I'm sure there's something to that. Probably fewer distractions, you know, like – Maybe if you're if you're writing your essay at the coffee shop, you're not getting up to check the fridge every ten minutes. Probably, and, yeah, you know, yeah. Getting distracted or turning on the TV. Yeah, yeah that's funny. So, yeah. cool, man. Thanks for coming on, Jake. Really yeah, appreciate yeah. it. This My was pleasure. awesome. Yeah, this is good. And I think we'll probably, you know, we'll probably do another update one sometime later. Yeah, yeah. that'd be that'd be yeah. great. And then I'll ask you if you got your million dollar mil, million subscriber golden play yeah. button. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully, cool. we'll see. Thanks for tuning in, guys. This was Jacob Rogers, Guilty of Treason. Go check out sappysupplies.com and also go to his YouTube channel, Guilty of Treason. That's T-R-E-E-S-O-N. And this was Walking with J.K. Boots. Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you on the next one.